Welcome back to the Sports Lab. As always, I'm Ben Shoup. And I'm HLC. It's a pleasure to be back, and uh, it is time to discuss, uh, not to harp on it, but I, but I certainly have to, um, in my opinion, the best postseason sports uh, play, uh, and, it, and that's what should be coming to the focus of the sports world uh, as we speak today. Yeah, big month coming up. March is one of the best months, if not the best month in sports. Um, but obviously, we'll start it off with the biggest thing in March is March Madness. Selection Sunday was yesterday. Got the bracket. Everybody's probably filled their brackets out already, if not even filled a couple out at this point. Um, I know I have. But we're going to go through. We don't have time for each game. That would take us way too long to go through our entire bracket. But we're going to pick... Uh, each pick one team from each region that we think can make a run that has a good path, just teams that we like from each region. Um, Hunter, you can go ahead and start. We'll start in the West region. What's one team that you really like there? Well, in the West, um, I would say that if I had to pick one to start um, out of the two, I'm going to go with, uh, I don't, I don't want to be, basic and pick a one and then be unrealistic and pick a 16 ish. So this is, I mean, I usually like to root for some of the uh, lower seeded teams than this, but I just really believe in these guys, especially with their path. And that's uh, 2019's runners up the Texas tech red Raiders. Um, I really like what I saw from them, from them throughout the season. I know they lost to the Jayhawks on Saturday, um, but still a valiant effort to get all that way to the big 12 championship little Buffalo shout out there, Davey and Warren um, from Bishop Timon. So very neat to see there. And their path, in my opinion, is is just very favorable because I think that they'll have no issues with Montana State. They would then play the winner of Alabama or Rutgers and Notre Dame. And while I would uh, be rooting with my heart on my sleeve for Rutgers, um, I think that, well, I'll say this. I think Rutgers, if they can beat the Irish, can also beat the Crimson Tide, but I don't see them getting past Texas Tech. Um, then in the Sweet 16, you would see uh, Texas Tech playing the winner of the group of the Spartans, Davidson, Duke, or Fullerton, probably Duke. And I won't, I won't keep it strolling on, but I would honestly, uh, while it is in my heart, it's also in my head, I would take the Red, red excuse me, I'm a little excited here to talk about it. I would take the Red Raiders over Duke as well. Yeah, I, I'm pretty high on Texas Tech as well. I think they're, they can make a run here. They have pretty easy game in Montana state to start. And I, I was very close to picking Rutgers over Bama. Um, so I think that they could get past Bama or Rutgers pretty easily. Duke would be the one that obviously would be a little tougher, but I think it'd be one hell of a game um, for my team in the West. I'm going to go with the team I've talked about before. We've talked about them. I think a decent amount of times I'm very high on them. I know you're very high on them as well. And it's Arkansas. And it hurts to say as an Auburn fan, um, because they are in the SEC and they beat us and they beat us once before this year, but they they've they're a gritty team. They're one of those teams I've talked about. They they can be down 30 at half and they're still not out of it because they can claw their way back. Um, but they beat in Kentucky, they beat they've split with Tennessee. They like I said, they beat Auburn. They did get crushed by Oklahoma, but they they're they're a team that I think they don't have the easiest route there. Obviously, they'd have to play the winner of UConn, New Mexico State. And then they'd have to play Gonzaga, which that would be a very, very tough matchup. Most likely it's going to be Gonzaga. But um, I think that they, they have the power to do it. I think they have the, the will to do it, and they have the, they have guys there that can make plays in timely spots. So I think Arkansas could be one that, that can make a run uh, along with Texas Tech that you said. So that's my team out of the West. 
who is your team out of the East that you like? Moving along to the East, I would probably have to go with, ah, yes, my favorite true mid-major. So, of course, you have levels of mid-majors. Your first could probably be, like, a team that's not in the Power Five, but maybe also has, like, a – and maybe it's a stupid way to judge it, but also has a D1 football program. So that's teams like UB's the Mac or, like, North Texas, CUSA. But this team, while I believe they do have football, it's FCS. This team is, is, uh, I think, mathematically the hottest team. I would still consider maybe the Iowa Hawkeyes, in my opinion. But uh, getting to it here, Murray State. Um, I would definitely be picking Murray State. I absolutely adore that matchup with San Francisco. We're going to get to see a showcase of two great teams out of smaller conferences um, that you don't always get to see. Um, and I and I but and I'm going to be taking the racers here. It would be quite challenging to go up against uh, Kentucky in the next round, but we've seen Kentucky falter multiple times this year. They've lost to the Notre Dame Irish. Uh, they have lost to Arkansas. They have lost um, to, that was Tennessee on Saturday. So I wouldn't lock that in for a round of 32 win for the racers, but um, I want to highlight them and give them um, the the focus they deserve. So I'm going to be taking the racers here. Yeah. That's a team that I've been looking at a lot too. I think if there's any team that can upset a two seed in the second round, it is Murray state. Um, They have, (laughs) Obviously, they, they've been on an insane streak. Um, lower talent, obviously, that we've than most teams. But I, there, if there is a sleeper in this bracket that isn't a big school, that isn't playing big schools on the regular, it is Murray State. Um, for me in the East, I'm going to go with a team that we have recently saw play very well also, and it's going to be the Virginia, or Virginia Tech. Um, obviously, they beat Duke. We saw them beat Duke kind of handily, honestly. It was very good game um but it, they're another one of those teams like arkansas that kind of reminds me of those that one of those teams they're, they're sneakily good they they have players that can see the floor very well uh, i can't remember the, i'm blanking on the point guard's name right now but he he i think he shot what six for six from three to start the game and then it's they they have guys all over the floor that can make plays and they're a team that they don't have the easiest path if they won they'd have to play purdue but purdue is one of those teams that i've talked about is i think I genuinely think Purdue is the most overrated team in this tournament. I think that they've shown a lot of signs of being the frauds of this tournament. And I think that after this round, I have Virginia Tech beating Purdue in the round of 32 to move on to the Sweet 16. Um, just because I think Virginia Tech, like I said, I think that they they, they have players that can make timely, timely plays. And in March, what do you need? You need players that can step up and make those plays that you, most – most players in this tournament can't. And if you have at least one or two guys on your team here, you're going to be able to make a run possibly. So I'm going to go Virginia tech. I have them beating Texas and beating Purdue in the second round. And I actually have them knocking off Kentucky, but losing to UCLA in the final or elite eight. Sorry. Um, But Virginia tech. Yeah. That's going to be one team for me in the East. So what is your team then in the, let's go to the South. In the South, um, I would probably have to take, after scouring the bracket, uh, okay, I would be. I would take a team that I've actually seen experts really choosing to fade, but I'm not ready to give up on these guys yet. They, uh, what, what strikes me the most is that they 
were able to beat the Jayhawks two out of the last three times that they've played, and that's the TCU Horned Frogs. Um, I know at face value they do have a sub-500 conference record, so that's a little concerning. But you, we got to realize the monumental nature of some of those wins, two versus your Big 12 champion, Jayhawks. Um, I really like what I've seen from TCU uh, at the end of the season, they were able to knock off the Longhorns in the Big 12 tournament as well. Um, and so I would have them beating the Pirates. Uh, but then it's kind of the same story as Murray State. It would be uh, incredibly challenging to take on Arizona. And I and I don't think that I would be ready to pick them to do that. But uh, I, I, I think that TCU is the team that is maybe the most slept on in this uh, quadrant, in this region. I also like uh, Chattanooga because Illinois – here's what I will say. Illinois, to me, is Purdue to you. Um, that favorite that we, that's been talked about, talked about, talked about, but I, I mean, they folded versus the Hoosiers, as we saw on Friday in the Big Ten tournament. And they also lost to Illinois, uh, the Loyola Chicago last year um, with Kofi Coburn and uh, Andre Curbelo still. So – I would, if I had to pick two, if we don't mind doing that, I would go TCU with and Chattanooga here. Yeah, those are two teams. I Chattanooga is one that I've been back and forth on that game. I really think that Chattanooga could upset Illinois in that one. Um, TCU, I, I have them beating Seton Hall in the first round pretty easily, but it's going to be tough to get by Arizona in that second round. Um, Arizona just, I think that they could be a title contender, but for my team that I think could be a sleeper out of this, uh, region, I'm going to go with Ohio state. And I know that they're not necessarily a sleeper sleeper where like people aren't picking them. People are picking them, but they're not picking them to go super far. Um, but they are one of those teams that look, they got knocked out early last year to the same, or I'm pretty sure to the same exact team or no, I think not, Oral sorry. Roberts took them out last year. Yeah, sorry, not not Loyal Chicago, but I don't think Loyal Chicago will get there get a win this year. Even though everybody would love to see it, I'd love to see the Cinderella story again. Beat Villanova, but Ohio State again. They'd play Villanova in the second round. Who Villanova? Yeah, they don't turn the ball over much. They don't foul a lot. They're a very disciplined team. But again, that's all you have to do in this tournament to really get a team on the edge is get them in foul trouble and really just start to push the pace. And I think Ohio State can do that. I think that they're going to come off of that that loss last year and or not last year um or yeah last year but i think they're going to come off their loss they're going to be a little little mad and they're going to say hey this is our shot now and they're going to they can make a run um and i have them losing in the sweet 16 to tennessee i do have them uh upsetting villanova in the second round um but that's a game that i could see as a toss-up so ohio state will be one for me out of the south if i had to pick a second team I would go, it's not really a sleeper or anything, but it would be Tennessee. I think Tennessee could easily come out of this this region. They're a team that have shown that they could be top-tier teams, but they're going to have to put it together in this tournament. So Tennessee slash Ohio State will be my two, even though I wouldn't love to see Ohio State win uh, a lot of games this tournament. I think that they can make, make some moves. So that will be my team out of the South. Um, out of the Midwest, who is your team here, the last part of the bracket? Well, a quick note on the previous region. If it does come down to Wildcats volunteers, many forget that Tennessee actually beat Arizona in late December of this season. So we'll see if that factors into uh, that possible matchup. I'd love to see it again. I know that's for sure. Um, In the last quadrant of the bracket here in the Midwest, I would have to go with – well, 
they, they are my title pick and that's Providence. I know that a ton of fade Providence messages have been floating around, but I really like what I'm seeing from them. Aside from the fact that they've not been able to beat Villanova yet, but they wouldn't have to play them for a little bit. Um, and so they, we can't forget they are Biggie's regular season champions. Um, so that should be sure to be, to be known by, um, by, by the field and the experts. Um, so I would, I would take them as my team to watch. Um, I also, I'm not a fan. I will be rooting for Richmond, but I really think you cannot, um, you cannot sleep on Iowa. They are, in, as I said, the hottest team coming in to this tournament, um, ran through the big 10 and, and are champions of it. Um, and then w- another, a last message though, is the coldest, th- th- this region has the hottest and the coldest teams. And it's funny because they come from the same state and that the coldest is the Cyclones of Iowa state. They, it, I believe, truly believe they're only in because of their early season play. They have been as cold as Antarctica um, in this, in this last half of the regular season and big 12 tournament. I think even with the coaching controversy in LSU, I know Will Wade got fired. I think the Tigers will stomp them. Um, I don't mind the Cyclones, but I just have to offer that opinion because uh, they, they've just been falling and falling and falling, uh, power ranking-wise, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you fully on the Iowa State, but I will disagree with you on the Providence. I do have them winning in the first round, but I do have Iowa beating them. Um, and obviously, we've, you just mentioned Iowa, one of the hottest teams in the tournament. I think that they can make a run. Um, but one team that I want to highlight, it might not be the easiest path to get there um, for them, but I'm going to go with Creighton. And for the sole reason of the fact that they, they're they glass cleaning and they can protect the rim. And in the tournament, what is the number one thing that teams do? They try to get to the rim, draw fouls. And if you have rim protectors that can one do that thing and protect the rim and not foul, that's going to be huge for them. And I think that they're playing round one, they're playing San Diego State. And I really don't think San Diego State is that good of a team. Um, so I'm going to take... Creighton, I don't know if they get past Kansas in the second round, um, but I like them. I, I think that if you can control the boards and you can control the paint, then you're going to end up winning some games here in the tournament. So I'm going to go with Creighton. I think if they can get past Kansas, they they have a really, really hard path. They have to be, they'd have to be most likely Kansas and then the winner of most likely Iowa Providence. And then again, you have Auburn and Wisconsin on the other side. So this, this, Oh, I'm looking at the completely wrong bracket. Sorry. Um, this Midwest bra- uh, bracket, I think, could be the toughest one to come out of, especially with Wisconsin there, with Auburn. Even USC, I think, could make a run, Iowa, Providence. And then you have Kansas there at the one seed. So the Midwest, I think you could see a lot of upsets in. I think maybe the only game that should could be a 100% lock, maybe two of them are 100% locks, besides the one and two seed is Wisconsin beating Colgate and then LSU beating Iowa State. So with those two teams winning, you're going to have a really hard, hard um, path to get there. But I think Creighton, if their shot blocking can come into a factor, then I, they, they could beat Kansas and I think they could beat Iowa and Providence. So Creighton will be my, my last team that I think has a good path. Um, but before we get off of NCAA basketball, which obviously will be our we'll be talking about a lot this month. Um, we'll just say wh- who our winners are. Who is, who is your winner of the tournament that you have? I know you kind of said it before, but who is your official winner and who, or why do you think that they could win? 
So you will will absolutely despise this matchup. Uh, you'll probably throw up in your mouth at it if I'm being honest. But it's just the way I see things uh, boiling out. Well, here maybe I'll offer my final four, and then go from there. So, um, I, I actually I wish I had my bracket that I pulled up. Let me try to see because I'm I have a blank one in front of me. But let me see if I can very quickly pull up the one I actually have filled out. And that'll give me a better idea uh, to look at it. Yeah, I'll go over mine real quick. Um, mine's very interesting. I have two four seeds in the final four. I have Arkansas getting there, which is the one that I think it's it. That one's the one that I think could could mess up my bracket with Arkansas. Although I'm very very big on UCLA, I think UCLA could beat Baylor and come out of the East, beat Kentucky, beat Virginia Tech, who I actually have in the Elite Eight. Um, but I'm gonna go UCLA and Arkansas with. With UCLA winning, and then I have Arizona and Auburn coming out of the South and the Midwest. With I've been back and forth. I'm gonna stick with my team. I'm gonna stick with Auburn, even though they didn't really have the best end to the regular season. Hopefully, they can put it together. So I'm gonna go Auburn. But if my my other team that I have winning it in my second bracket that I have filled out is Arizona, I think it's gonna be Arizona or Auburn. Um, whoever wins that Final Four game, but. In my finals, I do have Auburn beating UCLA by one in the final, so that is mine. For mine, um, I have some matchups that I know I've never seen, and maybe they've happened as like non-conference regular season matchups before, before my time. But uh, from the first quadrant, uh, I have Hogs Purdue. I know you are. That's probably each end of the spectrum for you. Um, I, I think the, a great game, I don't know who it would be played by, but either Texas Tech playing against Arkansas or Purdue, I think it might be Arkansas. That would be a spectacular game. That might even be a better game than some of the later rounds, if it came to that. Um, I would offer that. Then from the other half, I have Arizona and Providence. And then I do have Purdue-Providence as – the championship game with Providence taking it by 377-74. So I know that these are a lot of uh, – it's quite to sum the Fade God tournament here. Uh, but that's just how I see things coming out. And reasonings being uh, Jaden Ivey is a spectacular player for Purdue. We've seen him hit clutch shot after clutch shot this season. Um, he also has a player that has gone under my skin because I don't really like Purdue. And that's uh, – I believe his name is Zach uh, – Zach Evie or Zach uh, something E and he's he's a mammoth. He's I think seven foot plus. Um, let me let me get that name correct here. Zach. Uh, Let's see if it's on here. Zach Edie. So Edie and Ivy. Uh, quite the duo for the Boilermakers. But then for Providence, uh, I just really like Al Durham. He's a solid, uh, experienced guard transferring from the Hoosiers. They also have Jared Bynum. Great player there, as well as um, Judd Horkler, who is from Florida. Um, I'm not. I think he. Oh, Noah Horkler. Excuse me, Noah Horkler. But I really like what they what he has to offer, and so yeah, I'm gonna go with the Friars. I am. I did place a bet uh, under the influence, but hey, that's okay. A little bit back, and it was the Friars that take the championship. Uh, at plus, I think, 800, which would net me 
uh, an eight grand pot as I think I did like 70 bucks of free money. So we will see what transpires, but that's what I have. And we've seen an eight seed win it before uh, the 1980s Villanova. So, and I believe UConn when they won uh, versus the Wildcats of Kentucky, pretty low too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's going to be, I, I just was counting real quick how many teams I legitimately think can win this tournament. And there's, there's close to, close to 20 teams that I could see legitimately having a chance to win this tournament. I mean, you go down the line, you have Gonzaga, I think can win it. Arkansas, like I've said, Texas Tech, Duke, Baylor. I mean, even UNC as an eight seed, I could see making a run. UCLA, I think is a very good team as well. Down the line that you have teams that could make a run and, and it's going to be one of the best tournaments that we've seen in a while. Obviously every year is amazing. You can't really say that there's been a March Madness that's been really bad. Um, but I think this is going to be a great tournament. I think we're going to see some surprising wins, at least one surprising team uh, make it far. But again, I would not be shocked if we see one versus two, one versus two, one versus two, one all down board. And then we get the one seeds in the final four. I would not be shocked, but I I also wouldn't be shocked if we see no one seeds in the final four. So it's going to be a good tournament. It could start this Thursday. I know you're excited. I'm excited. Everybody's excited for this tournament. It's going to be fun. Um, But We'll see. So we're going to get off of Mark Madness for now. We'll be talking. Quick shout out to UB women who did make uh, their tournament. They will go down to play the Tennessee Volunteers, the Lady Volunteers in Knoxville. Quite the challenge, but they did get the Sweet 16, I think, two or three years ago. So maybe they can do it again. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Go go UB women. Uh, I did see that. I completely forgot to mention that, but I did see that they won their tournament. Hopefully they can make a little bit of a run. We'll see. Um, only team kind of even close to Buffalo, I believe, that's in either tournament. Because we don't have Bonnies, you don't have UB men's. Syracuse is out. I mean, name it. You name the team around from around Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse. Colgate is your only New York State option. I believe that's like three hours from New York, or I'm excuse me, from Buffalo. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully UB women can can make a little run there and knock off the volunteers uh, first round, but we'll see. So let's get into, though, some NFL news, a lot of news that's in the past week and a half, two weeks. Um, but let's start it off with kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily super surprising because I know a lot of people thought, oh, like this could happen, but let's talk about it. Tom Brady was retired for approximately a month and a half, maybe not even. Um, and now he's back in the NFL and he's going to play with Tampa. And I did read something saying, I don't know how, how true this was, but I did see that LeBron James influenced Tom Brady to come back right after he dropped his two fifty pointers. Apparently he texted Brady saying like, Hey, we have like, this is why we do it. We're, we're old for, we're only going to be able to play for so long. And Brady was like, you know what? He's right. I want to come back. But again, don't know how true that report is, but Tom Brady's back. What are your thoughts? What is, does it change a lot to you? Does it change just a little bit? How much, what, what are the ramifications of Brady returning to the league? Um. Well, it, Definitely takes care of the Bucks quarterback uh, decision-making, whether that was going to be Kyle Trask, Blaine Gabbert, somebody else. I think that those talks can go to rest now. Um, but I think that you're not going to see a, too much of a drop-off. Maybe uh, pro- probably, I mean, they're right back in the division talks now. Um, it's, I would have to think it's going to be them. And I know Deshaun Watson is meeting with both the Panthers and Saints. So you could offer whoever he signed. If it's going to be one of those teams, that will be the battle. 
because uh, as of now, Bucks have really only lost Ellie Marpet um, and maybe Fournette. So it's probably they're right back in the in the race to be the favorites of the NFC South. Um, I think it'd be a pretty similar finish to last year. Um, I don't know about the Super Bowl for them, um, but I think the divisional round is going to be that another uh, realistic target for Tampa Bay with the news. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. I I think that they're right back in it. it. It's it's I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if I'm if I'm happy that he's back. If I'm like, oh, here we go. Why like why is he back here? Um, but it's definitely gonna create some storylines here again. Is it his last year again? Is he gonna retire after this year? Is he gonna return after this year? Um, but my question is, did they not used to used to have a rule? that if you retired, you had to wait at least a year to come back. I could be wrong, but I swear, I remember a couple, like at least 10, 15 years ago, somebody came out of retirement. And I thought you had to wait one year to come out of retirement, but I could be wrong. Um, do you know anything about that rule? If that's still a rule or not? I could be completely wrong. Um, I'm, I'm not aware of that. Uh, I would assume it's not a rule if it was anymore, as, as we've not seen any things about that would be blocked by anyone. So Maybe it wasn't an expired. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But um, it, it's it's going to be cool to see him at least back. I mean, I've gotten to the point with Brady at least where I can at least appreciate how good he is. I mean, I don't like the guy still, obviously. He played, destroyed our team for 20 years, and we still still relive those memories throughout, throughout every year, thinking, oh, well, Brady did this to us, Brady did this to us. You see it every year. But um, – I think it'll be it'll be fun to see him for one more year. I'm all, I'm at that boat now where it's just appreciating how good he is, and if he wins another one, at that point it's just like you know what, what more can you do besides him retiring? <laughs> That's really it. So Tom Brady on the coming back to the NFL, um, but there is another quarterback that we want I want to talk about that is moving teams for the first time in his career, and it is Russell Wilson. He is going to Denver. I mean. There was a lot of talk in the past two years of him being moved, of them moving on from him. And for the while, I didn't think it was ever going to happen. I think a lot of people didn't think it was going to happen, but now it's officially happening. And I don't personally love the trade, if, especially for Seattle side. I think they could have gotten a lot more. What do you think of the trade overall? And what do you think of from both sides' perspective? Well, it confirms the fact that Seattle will look to rebuild. Um as I don't see them competing with Drew Locke at the helm, uh, assuming that's who wins the job and, and starts. So you can pretty much take them out of any divisional race talks. And so now it becomes a three-team division, essentially. No offense to Seattle, but that's just how I see things playing. I do like the Noah Fant pickup uh, for them, though. I think he'll be a great tight end to develop there. Um, but for Denver, uh, this, this probably has to make the AFC West – the best division in football now. Um, you have four great quarterbacks. Yes, Derek Carr is, is maybe the last great quarterback of that category to me. Um, playoff quarterback, I should add. Um, now everyone but Herbert has entered the playoffs, and I and I would see Herbert possibly getting in this year. Uh, and so, yeah, you, you could see all four teams make the playoffs in this division. I was talking about this with somebody else, and – in my opinion, the last wild card spot could come down uh, to three teams 
in the AFC, the Broncos, the Raiders, uh, actually four, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, and Patriots. And so three of those spots are available, so one of those teams is going to probably get left out. Um, because I would still have the Chiefs winning it. Um, I, I, I have to think the Chargers finally get in. It's, they've been not this close for so long. Um, maybe the Raiders year was a fluke. Maybe that's who swaps with the Chargers. But Denver now is a contender. Um, you get because I and many forget that you'll get a healthy Cortland Sutton coming back as well um, for a rush to throw to. So that's how I see that playing out. So you it could be playoff football back in Colorado. Yeah, it's going to make the AFC obviously a lot harder. Um, and it's going to make it interesting. And it's going to make even for on the Bills perspective, it's going to make it where we have to win the division pretty much now. Like there's no such thing as not winning the division, which I still think we'll do. Um, but it's going to make the AFC a lot tougher to make the playoffs. It's going to make it more fun to watch. And I mean, he's 33. It's not like it's the most game changing trade as in it's going to change the next 10 years. It might change the next three or four. Um, But yeah, Denver, you got your quarterback for the first time that you've been waiting since Peyton's been there. Um, And yeah, they're right in the contention. I'm going to agree with that and say that they, they might be, I think they're the second team now for me in the AFC West above the chargers. I'd go chiefs, Broncos, chargers, Raiders. Um, But again, that, that second spot's going to be neck and neck, I think between the chargers and Broncos, but I think. Oh, go ahead ahead and finish. I was going to say, I just, I, I think Russell Wilson, finally out of Seattle, he's going to have automatically a better offensive line than in Seattle for the past three years. Um, and I think that they even have a better offensive-minded coach. I, I think Pete Carroll, has, especially offensively, has taken a dip in how well he's coached in the offense. So I think him going to Denver, I think it will be better for him, for his career, for his health, and for obviously for the, for the Broncos. But for Seattle, time to move on, time to rebuild, and we'll – We'll see what, what happens there. So go ahead and whatever you're going to say, and then we'll get on to the next thing. I was going to say with another move, it could uh, could block and uh, uh, firsthand uh, take the Broncos uh, behind this other team, and that's the Chargers with the move of Khalil Mack. I know he's had quite the down years in Chicago uh, since the double doink year, I believe it was. But um, – I hope that he gets to rejuvenate his career there. I'm a huge fan. And I, I personally, so with that being said, I would personally still have Los Angeles above Denver, um, Denver at three. I do think the Raiders, we will, I think Denver could probably outperform the Raiders. Um, but yeah, no, but whatever you have, it's going to be so tight. And I definitely see the Chiefs winning it, but those other spots coming down to week 18, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great season, especially in that division. A um, lot of good football in that division. We'll see it coming. But let's move on. Let's actually talk real quick about the what you, who you just mentioned, Cleo Mack, traded to the Chargers. We haven't talked to it about that for a second round and a sixth, I believe. Um, and it's kind of shocking to see a guy get traded at that caliber of talent just for a second-round pick. But, again, he has such a big cap hit for – for I believe another two or three years. Um, but either way, Chargers, now you got Bosa and Mac on one side. So it's it's gonna be offensive lines are gonna be crying seeing what's uh, across from them just because I mean you have one of the greatest pass rushers ever in Khalil Mack, 
um, has taken a dip over the past few years with age. But then you got Bosa on the other side, who's just as good, maybe a little bit worse. But uh, it's going to be a good move. I think it's a great move for the Chargers. And again, I think the Bears, I don't, I don't know what you're doing there in Chicago, but that's my take on it. What, are your, what is your take on that move overall? Yeah, no, I would have thought that you would have seen a bit of a more hefty return than a second and a six. I guess it can be attributed to his recent performances, but just for that, the name recognition and what he has accomplished before the downtrodden years, um, I would have thought maybe it's second and fourth, uh, uh, at least something a little bit better than two and six, but we'll see who ends up being the winner of that trade. I certainly hope it's the Chargers uh, coming from a Bears fan uh, I, because that's how much I really like Khalil Mack. And, and, yeah, that's kind of how I would view it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that t- turns out. Obviously, that that division has just got a lot better in the past two weeks, and we'll see how it plays out. But let's move on to another, another trade that happened. Um, another kind of shocking trade with what, what was returned in this trade, but it's Amari Cooper's going from Dallas to Cleveland. We get another Cleveland receiver, another superstar. We'll see how that works out. Um, what are your thoughts from the Brown side and then from the Cowboys side, obviously just doing it just to get rid of some cap space. Well, the Cowboys had to make sure that they could get something for him instead of just releasing him and not getting any return. So it does make sense in that fashion, um, for the sake of the Browns. Uh, I hope it's not an Odell part two situation. Um, I don't think it will be, but that means Baker's going to have to really work on his, uh, skill level in the off season. Um, if, if you're one to think that the Odell falling out was because of Baker and, I'm, and I would believe that he had something to do with it for sure. Um, but I think that's a good fit and it does transpire into Jarvis Landry getting released. Um, so Cooper is the clear number one, uh, target in Cleveland now with Njoku and, uh, maybe a guy like Donovan Peoples Jones, um, to help out. So I actually, I know a lot of, I've hear, I hear, I know a lot of Bills fans do not like the Browns. I actually don't mind them. I think they're very similar to us and um, kind of following in our footsteps. So I hope it works out. I would like to see the Browns win that division uh, myself. Um, I don't think it'll happen just yet, but um, with, and with the AFC West moves, the playoff picture is probably not quite there for Cleveland, but maybe they can go over 500 again this year. So I do think it's a great move to, they saw that Dallas was, looking to make a move and they jumped on it. So I'm hoping it works out for Cooper. I will say I'm kind of confused by it. I mean, I get, obviously you're getting number one receiver, but for the next three years, you're paying them $20 million. And then you, everybody knows that the number, the problem there wasn't necessarily that they didn't have a number one receiver because they had Odell before. And I think again, the number one issue is Baker, which I do think Cooper is better than Odell. I, I do. And it, it sucks to say, cause I like Baker, but we look back at games. It's Ben Baker, Baker, Baker. They have one of the best run games in, in the league, and they can't even – Baker can't lead them to bear, to a playoff berth, and they have the best run game in the league. They have a solid defense. Um, so I the, the move made sense until they released Jarvis Landry to me because of the fact that then, oh, you have two receivers that you know can elevate your passing game. And, yes, Amari Cooper can do that, but can he do it with Donovan Peoples-Jones as his second receiver? We'll have to see this year, especially because Mari's probably going to be getting doubled now. So the move made sense until I really saw Jarvis Landry get get released. Um, I think if you're going to bring in a receiver like Cooper, why not have another guy like 
Landry who can get open. Um, so overall, Dallas, I get I get it from the Dallas side. Cleveland, I get the trade, but I wouldn't necessarily have released Landry right after. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I still don't think Cleveland makes playoffs this year. I don't I don't think they're a playoff team. I think Baltimore takes that division, but Cleveland's making some more moves. So we'll move on though. Um, let's get into the Bills moves, Bills offseason real quick. Not too many moves yet. Um only a few, but let's get into it. Obviously, there's been some cuts. John Feliciano's been cut. Um, we had Daryl Williams get cut, I believe, this morning. Um, yes, this morning. Isaiah McKenzie's back on a two-year, $4 million deal. Mitch Moore signed a two-year extension worth almost $20 million. Ryan Bates was assigned a tender. We signed uh, Roger Saffold to a one-year contract. Overall, what do you like, what do you not like of the Bills offseason so far? Um, I'm a fan of the Saffold signing just a little bit ago. I think he's a proven offensive lineman uh, in Tennessee. Um, he goes from a hated hated team to now liking him, so it, I'm on board. Um, we'll see him now against his former team. I do believe we host Tennessee this year, um, and I like that. I know it's a – so you would probably consider that an upgrade from Darrell Williams. Um, that's how I see that. And I don't mind re-signing McKenzie at – probably takes us out of the mix for Cordero Patterson now, um, which is okay because he was going to be very expensive. Um, I'm just hoping McKenzie – I know he's got to work on some of those fumbles and muffs. I like him a lot, but I think in the Washington game and the Colts game, those are some issues that he needs to correct. Um, otherwise, I don't mind what's going on. Mitch Morse, I uh, don't mind it, but I, I hope – I just – often injured, often concussed. Uh, as we know. So hopefully that can be kept to a minimum for his health and for the sake of the team. Um, and AJ Klein, that was a little bit ago. That was cat purposes for sure. Along with Feliciano, it seemed like Feliciano was um, what that was kind of going to be known um, for a little bit. It was just, it was a formality and, and yeah, so that kind of summarizes it all so far. Um, I'm hoping that we still get some new, new faces in town and uh, I'm pretty confident that we will. Um, just a matter of who. Yeah, yeah. I, so far, I'm liking liking the moves. I didn't love the mo- more signing uh, extension until I saw the details of it. Um, it does bump, I believe, his cap uh, his cap hit up for this year just a little bit, but it makes it, I think, so towards the end. If he starts getting hurt, if his play starts get going down as he gets older, it'll make it easier for us to cut him or whatever we do. So the, until my initial thought with that move was I didn't like it until I saw the details of the contract, which is what you got to do a lot of times in these with these contracts is wait for the details. Um, but then again, we got Saffold coming in on a one year contract. Love that. That's an automatic upgrade. Darrell Williams. That was just it was a, it was a spot we needed to get rid of. I mean, he's, it saves us six and a half million almost in cap space. And he was a guard. It was a. a Tackle playing guard, essentially, and getting paid tackle money. So it didn't make much sense there. Feliciano, I love Feliciano. It sucks to see him go. But again, he was getting badly overpaid. Um, So all the cuts make sense. Would have maybe liked Matt Heck to officially have been fully cut. um, But I'll take the pay cut, I guess. But this kind of says, hey, this is your last year. Prove it or you're gone. Um, So that and then Isaiah McKenzie, I love that deal i mean two years on 
2.2 per year almost. I mean, I think he's going to end up taking Beasley's spot if we don't end, if we do end up getting rid of Beasley. He could be the new Beasley, who knows. But he is one of those guys who's one of the fan favorites in Buffalo, so I thought it was a great signing to bring him back. Uh, we I also have Jay Kumaro from a couple of days ago. I love that signing too. I was shocked to see that one, to be honest. I thought Kumaro was going to leave for somewhere else. But he's back, and he's always been a receiver I liked, even though we don't use him a lot. And he could take over that Emmanuel Sanders role of every once in a while hopping in and out there. Um, but I, I, I'm the main thing I'm loving is seeing that we're we're dealing with the trenches in free agency, and there's been a lot of rumors about defensive ends as well. And I'm it's because I'm kind of sick of going through the draft and trying to draft someone because yes, we got Rousseau, we got Basham, whatever we got. Harry Harrison Phillips, who still, by the way, don't know if he's coming back, but um, it's good to see go out in the trenches, get them in free agency and make sure you know that they're good. Like, you know, you, you're not just gambling on a draft pick. So I, I like that. I like the Saffold pick. Um, but I do want to just ask one more question about the rumors that we've been hearing with Chandler Jones is the big rumor that we're seeing. And a weird thing that happened today I personally don't have Facebook, but I got it sent to me a lot by a lot of people. Apparently, the Bills did post on Facebook saying that we signed Chandler Jones, but then like two minutes later took it down. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means he's coming here. I personally don't see how we can make it work with Cap. But if he comes here, that'd be great. That's one signing that I would really love. So is Chandler Jones one of the guys that's on the top of your list? Or is there another guy out there that you're like, I'd rather go after him? Um, I, I would be in for him. I know age is a factor, uh, and it, it is, would be very neat coming f- that he is coming from Rochester, but I guess we also need to figure in that the local products, uh, it's, it's cool, but there's priorities at hand here with age and cap hit and position-wise. But I wouldn't be against it if they felt that it would be a good fit. Um, he, I believe that he could kind of serve as a mentor to Ed Oliver um, if, if that – if we felt that Oliver needed to, to learn from a vet, a proven vet that is. Um, so I would not be against it. I'm just hoping that the price would be right. And that uh, he still has some juice left in him being at the age that he is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where he ends up going. I mean, I'm hoping it's Buffalo, but again, don't know how we we're going to make that work if it does happen. Um, but we'll see what the hell goes on with the Bills rest of the offseason. Obviously, today was the first day that teams can officially agree on deals with players, not officially sign them, but agree on them. Um, but let's go through just the last little bit of the NFL. Um, we're going to talk about just two si- two players that one signed, obviously, Mitchell Trubisky. He's going to Pittsburgh to take over for Ben Roethlisberger, was in Buffalo this past year. How do you like to fit there with Mitch? Um. It's kind of like I don't mind it, but I do not think they're a playoff team by any means. I've seen on Twitter some even verified sources claiming that they'll be in the postseason with this, and I disagree heavily. Um, I don't think there's – the AFC is so tight for spots. No chance they would overtake the Ravens or, in my opinion, Cincinnati, and we've already discussed this playoff race. I don't think they belong in it. Um, they may be one of the first teams out, um, but – not not a change, not a game changer by any stretch of imagination. I'm sorry uh, to the former M- MVP, but uh, that's kind of how I see that. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. I mean, I it's nice to see Mitch get a chance. I think it would have made a lot more sense if he went to New York for the Giants because one, you're in the NFC, and two, you're in a team that you know the offense. So it doesn't make too much sense of why he went to Pittsburgh unless the Giants were like, oh, we're not offering you that much money or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't make too much sense for me. Happy for him that he's getting another shot. But, yeah, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be one of the worst teams in the AFC, maybe just middle of the pack, probably around 500, maybe a little bit below, especially with that division now with the AFC West. But he's getting another shot, and there's one more quarterback I want to talk about, and it's not whether he signs anywhere. It's more whether he gets traded, and you mentioned him a little earlier, Deshaun Watson. There's been talks about Carolina. There's been talks about New Orleans. There was talks about Denver before Russell Wilson, not anymore. I mean, even Seattle now apparently is going after Deshaun Watson. Don't know how they'd make that work, especially because they have almost no draft picks besides the ones they just picked up. Um, But Deshaun Watson, do you think he gets traded? And where would you like to see him get traded? Well, there's a lot of possibilities here. Um, I think he could be involved with a blockbuster deal for Christian McCaffrey and among others headlining the deal. So Carolina um, with the saints, it would make sense, but I know that they, they really want to give Winston a chance uh, played great in that opener versus the Packers until he got injured the a week or two later, I believe that was. So if I had a prediction, I, I I'm going to stand the foot down and say, we will see a trade for uh, McCaffrey and co to Carolina. So that would have, uh, Sam Darnold taking a backseat um, there. Uh, I could also see him staying as maybe the Texans now want to see what happens because he is healthy or not. Well, he was always healthy, but um, he has been proven innocent um, in the court of law there or, or whatever the ruling was. Uh, obviously, it, it's not that he has to spend time in jail. So that's kind of how I would see it. Staying or the Panthers is what I would predict. Yeah, I'm going to say either New Orleans or Carolina, but there has been rumors that just came out today that the Jets offered three firsts, one to two seconds, and Zach Wilson for, for Deshaun Watson. And it was Deshaun Watson that said no. Don't know how again, how true that report is, but that is a report that's came out along with a team we talked about that could be jumping in. I've heard the Cleveland Browns. I heard their most recent offer was two firsts, a fifth, Kareem Hunt, Greg Newsom, and Baker Mayfield. Apparently the Texans said no to that. Again, don't know how true these reports are, but there's a lot of teams in on it. I think he does get traded. Um, it's just a matter of where. And I think it's going to be to that to one of those teams down um, there in the NFC, NFC, either New Orleans or Carolina. And again, that would make that division really fun to watch with Tom Brady coming back. Um, depending on what Carolina does, if they do trade McCaffrey for Watson, if or if they keep him, if it's Watson and McCaffrey, that'd be one insane duo. But we'll see where he ends up going. Um, but it's going to be interesting offseason. There's been a couple moves. Uh, I'll just read them off real quick since we started. Uh, Brian Allen signed a contract extension with the Rams. Preston Smith got a uh, restructured contract extension with Green Bay, along with Devondre Campbell. Green Bay got a five-year extension, $50 million. So Green Bay getting some linebackers there. Uh, Mo Alley-Cox, three-year extension with the Colts. Will Disley, another tight end, signing with Seattle on three years, $24 million. Don't know how much sense that makes. Uh, Manuel Agba signed today, four years, $65 million. Christian Kirk 
signs a massive contract with Jacksonville, more per year than Stefan Diggs. I just want to point that out at four years, 72 million. I mean, Jacksonville, I guess, is trying anything, um, but don't know how much that does for them. Hassan Reddick's heading to Philly and not too many other massive ones. Uh, Darius Smith was cut from Green Bay. It'll be interesting to see who picks him up. Oh, yeah. So the, the Green Bay is making some moves right now. Um, the last one, I got Ted Karras is going to Cincy uh, center there, signing another offensive lineman for Joe Burrow. Um, but not too, too much coming out yet. Uh, just some small deals. Obviously, there's been some bigger ones with Christian Kirk, whatnot. But I don't think we'll see Chandler Jones or Devontae Adams if he doesn't end up back in Green Bay or anybody like that signed for a few days. But We'll see. NFL free agency just getting started, kicked off today, where teams can officially agree to contracts. So um, let's move on. We got our last segment, the, everybody's favorite segment. We do it every week. Who sold? Who went crazy? I'm going to let you go first, and whichever one you would like to do, sold or crazy. We'll start off on a good note with let's go crazy. Uh, who did it? And I'm going to pick a player in a game that saw, uh, unless you, you snapped, the other one, grab the other one up uh, to the leading scorers would, would make sense to be both part of this list. Number one, Jordan Clarkson, um, 45 points, a career high. That was versus Sacramento. I feel like Sacramento is in a ton of these high scoring games and they can't seem to find a way to close them out. Um, but so congrats to Clarkson. I've always been a fan of his game uh, ever since he was in Cleveland. Um, he even was with Los Angeles before that. But yeah, great to see him. Uh, off the bench as well, 45 off the bench. That is That makes it a whole lot more impressive. So he's my first pick for who went crazy. Yeah, career high there for him. And, I mean, there was a lot this week that you could have said that about with just players that you would not expect to score as many as they did. But I'm going to go with actually a coach to start. I'm going to go with Greg Popovich. Um, just past Don Nelson as the most winningest coach in an NBA history. He is my GOAT coach. I mean, I think a lot of people have him as goat, their GOAT. I mean, he he just broke that record in, like, I'm pretty sure 10, like, almost 10 less seasons than Don Nelson did. Um, so, Greg Popovich, I mean, he's, he's done it for so long. I mean, five championships, coach of the year, gold medal coach, all-star coach. How many Hall of Famers are going to be Hall of Famers that he's coached? His coaching tree is insane. So Craig, Greg Popovich, don't know how many years left. We'll see him on the sideline, but he will, no matter what, retire as the winningest coach in NBA history. So Greg Popovich, going crazy his whole career. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, you got that right for sure. Um, I actually read a stat that he fired the Spurs coach in the 90s as their GM and took over, and then look where he is now. So – Pretty interesting there. Yeah, they're not uh, my kind of the that one. Role reversal of Brad Stevens almost. Yeah. Um, for number two, I'll go with another player out west, um, career high, I believe, and that's going to be Josh Hart of Portland, um, recently acquired from the New Orleans from the deadline, and it was nice to see him get 44. I was kind of not a fan of him on the Lakers. I know he was, he, uh, was kind of more noted for his Twitter uh, personality than – his play, but it's nice to see him actually show some skill here. He did with the Pelicans and now with the Blazers. So uh, they'll need that to continue if they want to have any hope at a successful rebuild for sure. Yeah. I just want to throw in uh, Josh Hart did. He threw also put in eight boards, six assists, like four steals that game, I believe. So, I mean, he really had a good game that game. Um, for my second, who went crazy, 
I, I got to pick them. I really do, just because what we're seeing will never – I don't think we'll ever see again. Um, and it is 37-year-old LeBron James, even though – okay, look, here, here's what I'll say. I know at times there's a lot of times on the court, especially the past year, that you've seen him kind of maybe give up or just not hustle back on defense. And I always hated seeing it. And then I was watching one of the games, if it was either yesterday or – two days ago, but I was watching the Lakers game and LeBron wasn't really getting back on defense. And Richard Jefferson said it perfectly is he may not look 37 all the time or whatnot, but there are times this man's 37. He's He's played in the league for this long. He's going to be like that sometimes. And I know it's not an excuse and he should still be hustling back on defense, but the man's 37. He's in what is, I don't even know what season of his career, but he dropped 52 50 point games last week. I don't think we'll ever see somebody do that this late in their career ever again um, in one week. So LeBron James at this point, if you're not appreciating his greatness, that's on you. And I get that the Lakers aren't good, but sit back and at least appreciate LeBron. So he's going to be my second who went crazy. Yeah. Uh, 106 points uh, over two games for a guy at that age. Um, it, well, not in the two-game span, I believe, but just looking at two games combined, that's nuts. Um, that's crazy. I have to, I have to say, with all with all admittance given, for sure. Uh, to round it out, I'll stick with California basketball and a guy that's team is the long, most long-suffering of the NBA, but <clears throat> he had a solid uh, 85 points in two games um, combined recently, and that's De'Aaron Fox. Uh, he had 41 on the same night that Jordan Clarkson had 45. The Kings fell short. But you don't always see uh, a game with your two leading scores in the 40s, so that's pretty neat in my opinion. So I got to give uh, Sweepa, Swipa, the shout here. Um, hopefully times can change for the positive for Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento looking to break that playoff drought finally, and De'Aaron Fox looks like he's going to be part of the plan, but who knows that bonus trade was really worth it um, as their record isn't exactly doing too much better with, with them. Um, it's actually, I think, doing worse, I think. But, um, yeah, so Darren Fox, though, he's been putting up some numbers. For my third who went crazy, I'm going to go with my MVP right now, actually. And it's going to be a shocker. I know people don't even aren't even talking about him, but I don't know how he's not talked about. And he's just the my MVP, and it's Luka Doncic. He's my MVP right now. I mean, look at what he's done. Right, they're fifth in the West, one game behind fourth. Who is his second best player? Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe uh, Jalen Brunson. I mean, those aren't best. That, that those aren't superstar players even close to it. And they're very they're good players. Don't get me wrong, but they're no close nowhere close to superstar players. So what he's doing in that Western Conference, by the way, let's just not forget that. In the Western Conference, he's averaging 30 or almost 30 a game, nine and nine on almost 50% shooting and almost 40 or 35% from three. I mean, I don't know if you can really ask more from him. And I, watch, I don't know if you watched that game on Sunday versus the Celtics, but oh my, Luca got hurt early on and he played through it. And you could you could see how much he means to that team. And yes, the bench did play better than normal on that day, which is still not that great of how they played. Um, but Luca is that team. He's going to be that team for a long time, unless it ends up being one of those situations where they can't get a team around him. But Luca Dantich, he's, he's my MVP right now. And he's been going crazy this whole season. So that's my third who went crazy. 
Do you want to start the who sold? Go ahead. You can, you might start. All right. I'll start the who sold. I'm going to go with uh, a former, I'm going to have a lot of fun picking this guy. Um, And I'm going to pick him based on one game and it's Jack Eichel. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm guessing you watched that game as well. The Vegas versus. I was sure to be in the seats for that one. Oh yeah, you were. I forgot that you were. It was in Buffalo, so you were able to go. But I unfortunately was not able to go. But I watched it on TV. It was a phenomenal game to watch. I mean, you couldn't really ask for a better. Krebs scored, and then late in the game, Jack Eichel gives up the puck, and Tuck sends it into the back of the net and the empty netter to make it three-one. And then you saw the post-game interview, and the post-game interview is more what I'm talking about for what he sold. Even though Eichel didn't play that great on the ice, he did worse off the ice um, somehow because that interview might've been one of the worst interviews I've ever seen a player give. He, you could tell how salty he was. You could tell how annoyed he was and you could tell it was really bothering him just even one game back in Buffalo and his comments didn't make much sense to me. Um, So Jack Eichel, former Buffalo Sabre, everybody knows the story. We've talked about it before, but Jack Eichel, you sold. So that's my first true sold. Um, mine will actually be a combination of a couple of things, and it's Buffalo Sabres opponents over the last two games, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Toronto Maple Leafs, two hated teams in my opinion. Um, since the Sabre loss, Vegas has gone on to lose in Pittsburgh and in Columbus, um, a non-playoff team and another playoff team, but they're struggling right now, and I'm all here for it. Have to have to give a chuckle on that one in Toronto managed somehow to lose to the Arizona Coyotes before playing us. And then last night or last afternoon, we shellacked them. So awesome to see that. Uh, Matthews gets a two-game suspension for the cross-checking of Dalene. So a couple couple of hated opponents from the Sabres uh, that are really spiraling downwards, and I'm all here for it. Yeah, Sabres are uh, actually getting some good news this past, this, this past few weeks. And been been fun to be a Sabres fan as of recent. Not nah, maybe not the most fun we've ever had, but it's been better than years past. So the Sabres on the right track, beating Vegas and beating Toronto in one week time. Um, but for my second, who sold? It's not necessarily they sold on the court, um, but they kind of did sell on the court. And it's gonna be St. Louis basketball. I mean, I think we've all seen the story actually. We do uh, we do know the, one of the cheerleaders um, that was part of the, the cheerleader squad there in St. Bonnie's. And I needless to say, St. Louis basketball team was saying some stuff, doing things towards the St. Bonaventure cheerleaders that they should not have been doing. And it got a, they got a reaction that they probably wanted. Um, and right, it was a rightful reaction from the coach and that cheerleader who we're not going to mention the name, but um yeah, it, it, it was it was not a sight you'd like to see, and it's kind of a disgrace to see in basketball. I mean, those cheerleaders, yeah, they're there to cheer on their team. It's whatever, but you don't you don't attack them. I mean, you attack the if you're gonna attack anybody, which you really shouldn't, it should be on the court with the the opponent and it should be trash talking there. You should never go off the court, whether it's a fan, whether it's a a even a, even a coach sometimes, I wouldn't even say you'd go after a coach really um, unless they're being crazy. But yeah, St. Louis basketball, get your stuff together. I mean, and anybody who thinks that it's that it was blown out of proportion, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. It's it should not be in the game of basketball 
at all. So St. Louis basketball, they sold. Yeah, no, are the cheerleaders the ones dribbling the basketball against you? No. So that's an inex- inexcusable behavior from uh, – we will point out the player in the wrongdoing, Jordan Nesbitt. Uh, he should be ashamed of himself, and hopefully he um, maybe offers an apology soon and can right his wrongs going forward, that's for sure. Yep. Um, I believe they will be playing in one of the lower postseason tournaments, so we'll see how he carries himself uh, in that. Uh, for my uh, second who sold, um, I will have to probably go with uh, – who do I want to take here? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with a, a, a group, a member of people, a, a body, uh, a, the committee of the NCAA tournament selection crew. Um, and you could probably every single year make find something to gripe about, but I, I really do have to say this. Um, and that is uh, twofold. One, I do not see why Michigan gets the privilege of not having to play in the first four in Dayton, uh, whereas Rutgers does. I believe they split during the regular season. Uh, and more importantly, Rutgers has a better record, uh, one more win and one fewer loss than Michigan does, 18 and 13 versus 17 and 14. So I really am not pleased to see that. I'm hoping that Colorado State can beat Michigan soundly and Rutgers can beat the Irish and then go ahead and beat Alabama. But uh, Rutgers gets a raw deal, at least compared to Michigan in that sense. And two, one that I actually kind of like how it played out, but in reality, they probably didn't deserve to be there, and that's the Wyoming Cowboys. I would rather have them in um, than a team like Texas A&M or SMU, but I honestly think the Aggies or the Mustangs deserve the spot over uh, Wyoming, especially you saw what the Aggies did in the SEC tournament, a run all the way to the title game. Pretty some pretty impressive wins along the way. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to complain because I always love Wyoming. Only a D1 team in their state. Plus, it's our hero and savior's alma mater, uh, or at least where he played uh, foot on the football field. So I'm hoping the Cowboys can prove their worth against Indiana, and then it would be St. Mary's. But uh, those would be my my gripes with the tournament committee. I'm sure you can find one every year, but that's what I have to say this year. Yeah. Yeah. It is every year. You'll have a few. I, I think they did a better job this year than most years, but still there's always going to be those few, few teams in or teams out that you're like, why are seeds that you're like, why are they seeded this? Um, so yeah, the committee it's, they make a lot of decisions all the time that you're like, why, like, what is the, what is the reason behind this? Um, but for my last two sold, I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies, but for a reason that's kind of, it's, I'll explain the situation here right now. Okay. I had a buddy who placed some, placed a bet on the Memphis Grizzlies yesterday to win by 10 or more. And I don't know if you watched that game, but they were up by 10 with about what, like 10 seconds left, 20 seconds left, whatever. And they ch- chucked up a three, missed, long rebound. OKC gets it again, miss, another long rebound. They get it again. And as the time expires, he throws it up with a second and a half left. As the buzzer goes off, that another three goes in, and the Memphis Grizzlies only win by seven. So they sold in the sense that, my buddy didn't get his money and ended up losing on that one shot, 
one shot. So Memphis Grizzlies could have played defense for at least 15 more seconds, but just a funny, one of those funny bet stories you always hear. So that's my third who sold. Yeah. Always tragic to hear stories like that. And to round it out, um, I'll have a player that you have to go back a game. I will say because his last game was very impressive, but the game before that on Friday, <clears throat> excuse me, reminded me of just why I can't stand him. I, I cut him some slack after the next first round series and last year's playoffs up until now, but I'm back on the hatred wagon and that's Trey Young. Uh, if you saw a clip of him and Terrence, man, he pulls the absolute BS that he was known for doing in the past. Terrence man gets near him, fakes getting hit. Terrence man is called for a foul. Once against your own team, uh, it, of course, would bug you even more, and that's the case. So uh, I, to the point where I'm kind of hoping that we see maybe a little, uh, not maybe to this extent, but Metal World Peace, uh, more than a nudge, more than a love tap to, like, you want to play like that? Well, this is what's going to happen, buddy. Can't stand that BS, and so we'll see what happens going forward, but uh, got to call you out for that one. Yeah, yeah, I saw it recently on uh, on Twitter. You 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 were tweeting about it, and I saw that recently came back to Trey Young is back to the villain, and he probably will be a villain for a little bit uh, in his career at least. Um, but that'll do it for then who sold and who went crazy, and that'll do it for us. Another big week coming up. Obviously, March Madness starts this week. More NFL free agency news will be coming out. Um, we'll get into a little more basketball next week. This week, didn't really talk too much besides who went crazy and who sold just due to a lot of news from March Madness and NFL. But um, let us know what you guys think of the podcast. Uh, we'd love if you guys shared it. It means a lot to us. It's the way you guys can help us without really having to do, do much. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys want us to talk about any certain subject, if you guys have any ideas for us, whatnot, uh, thoughts, criticism, whatever, let us know. We'd love to hear you guys' feedback. So, Hunter, any last words before we head off? Not a ton. I'm just extremely pumped for the madness to be back, and specifically that it's in different arenas, different cities, different states, that we, the both of us will be there. Uh, always privileged to, to see that. You get to see teams that um, you really don't see. I was talking with somebody else. We won't mention names, but they said they claim that this field was boring. And I was like, come on. Sure, it's not the Dukes and the UNCs, but you get to see a team from New Mexico. When are they ever going to be back in Buffalo? You get to see the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, such a random program that's doing amazing. Uh, how is that boring to you? So hate to hear that, but I don't care because I'm pumped. I know you're pumped. And let's have some fun in, in March Madness here. Yeah, yeah. It's the craziest month in sports, uh, arguable, but most people would agree. But big month coming up. Lots going to happen. A lot of news we'll have to talk about. So be, t be sure to tune in. Um, we'll be back again next week sometime. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week.